So uh, my dad, my dad, my dad's great. My dad, um, when I was young, uh, he'd often use song lyrics uh, to communicate something, and I never knew the songs. Obviously, the songs were from like the I don't know, eighteen twenties or something. Uh, so songs that I so so there was a song if I had a hammer. So every time he needed a hammer, he'd sing the song if I had a hammer. I don't I. Uh, I must actually, I must actually look it up and hear what the original song is, because uh, he's a great man, but maybe not the best singer, so I wouldn't recognise the song. But um, another one of these expressions that I would use all the time was, "If at first you don't succeed." Okay, see, some people actually know what the answer to this one is. Yeah, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Apparently, it's a song. I, again, I haven't heard it, but I just looked it up there, and apparently, it goes back to. Robert the Bruce, King of Scotland, uh, when he was taking on the English. And um, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And it's a very interesting and very simple virtue behind that. The virtue of perseverance. Virtue of perseverance. And the virtue of perseverance is, I think, quite difficult for people today, especially younger people today, because uh, if you compare like young people today to young people maybe of 50, 60 years ago before, uh, most people, a lot of people in Ireland were from an agricultural background, so you had to go outside. If you wanted to eat, if you wanted food, right, you had to dig the earth, you had to make drills, you had to put in your spuds, you had to wait, and then when they'd be ready, you had to go out there with your special forks with the blunt tops and break open the drills, and or if you had a, a horse and whatever it is, you can split the drills back open, and then pick up your spuds, wash them, and so on and so forth. It took effort. It took hard work. Uh, if you wanted, I mean, even like everything that went into slaughtering a pig and um, using every single little bit of it uh, and preserving all the meat, and it was all it was, it was a lot of work. And that was just that was just to eat. That wasn't for hobbies. That was just to eat. You know, that was like this isn't just for fun. If we don't do this, we don't eat, right? So, so effort and, and perseverance. I just became just became kind of part of. It was just a way of life. It was just, <coughs> If we don't do this, then, then we go hungry, so okay, we'll do it. But today, it's, for, young, for today's young people, it's just so much easier. Like, food just arrives on the table magically. I remember seeing this YouTube video of a, a man talking to his wife at, at, at breakfast, and he said, there's something strange going on. And she said, what? He said, like, you know, I just left my washing in a heap in front of the washing machine, right? And I came back. And it was all washed and hanging out in the line. And I left all these like pizza boxes all over the kitchen table last night, like, and I came down this morning and they were gone. The place was cleaned. <laughs> the wife wasn't very amused. Uh, but you get the point. For young people today, like food just arrives on the table. And we have this kind of, dare I say, a sense of entitlement. You know, if you fail an exam, well, I, I want the, an, an award for participation. I want an award for turning up. And then if you don't get it, didn't even want it anyway. <laughs> Do you know? So I don't care. Keep it. I don't care. Keep your award. I get, I get them somewhere else. You know, but, like the, the, but perseverance, like to push on through, even when things are difficult. This, this, this is a challenge for everyone. I think it's a particular challenge for young people today. Perseverance, perseverance, perseverance. To stay going. And something which is, there are two situations which I, I can't explain, I can't describe to you because uh, it takes too long and we're not going into it. But two situations of chronic injustice, uh, just horrific 
uh, things that I, I'll say, I won't go into. And I'm just like thinking and praying about this. And what, what, you, what you always find, if, if you look at the lives of rich and famous people, or the lives of saints, right? Or the lives of great sinners, or the lives of uh, two personalities came to mind, Jimmy Savile and, and, and Bill Cosby, actually, for example. And so again, in their day, celebrated, this is all good, wonderful, and fantastic. But in the end, when the dust settles, the truth comes to the surface. So while it might look like the unjust, the, the cruel, the strong, get away scot-free, they only do for a while. And eventually, the truth comes to the surface. The simple truth of how things are, right or wrong, black or white, yes or no. And this should give us both confidence that if we persevere in doing, in doing good, it bears fruit, and also a bit of a wake-up call in that vice or you know laziness not the lack of perseverance laziness giving up easily that also has consequences people will depend on us more than we know people will depend on our sanctity and our virtue more than we know saint anthony the abbot um, he heard this gospel if you wish to be perfect Go and sell what you own and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now you've just heard something very, very easy to say. Sell everything you own and come follow me. Now this rich young man walks away, for he was a man of great wealth, could not imagine the idea of following the Lord without a safety net. I can follow the Lord and then if it doesn't work out, I'll just go back to my life of appearing on Hello Magazine and whatever else the rich do these days. I don't know, that's probably something. What is there, has something replaced the Hello Magazine? Or, do you know what a magazine is? Okay, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter, <laughs> whatever. Um, so so, uh, so he, the Lord was asking him to, to give up his safety net, to walk with him and persevere. Persevere, because not every day is going to be a good day. Not every day is going to be an easy day. It doesn't work like that in any walk of life, nor does it work that way following the Lord. There are days when our own ego, our own me, our own, they call it Eigenwilligkeit in German, um, self-will, our own self-will, just simply wants, I want what I want. I want it now. I don't care. <laughs> and then even if God says he wants something else, like, it's really nice, I just, I just know what I want. I want what I want. I want to know. And you just, you know, like, in the spiritual life, you can, we can do this, like, you know what I mean? Like, we just hear this, oh, we could fast. I don't want to fast. I'm not fasting. Stupid fasting. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I like food. You know? Whatever. But it could be anything. It could be anything, like, but your, your own will just gets stuck in. Or, you know, a relationship that's, that's unhealthy. It's either too cold or it's too too close like trying to balance this all the time you know trying to love people but love people in the right way not get too attached in a way that's that smothering and then at the same time not be too distant and just your own will can just be just so 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 strong so he hears this gospel and it wasn't just enough for him to hear it and go that's lovely oh love that gospel the young man huh wouldn't give more it's like yeah it's it's <laughs> Sounds like your mom. <laughs> but yeah, the lovely young man, do you know what I mean? But wouldn't give up, wouldn't give up, wouldn't give up the material things now at all, so he wouldn't. And, uh, you know, and 
and but then like it's it's actually a story of great tra- tragedy. But Saint Anthony hears this, and he goes, "Well, if that's what the Lord says I have to do in order to attain perfection, then that's what that's what you have to do. It's very simple. If you want to be perfect, do this. You gonna do it? Well, he said, "Yeah, I, I will." So he had been left about 300 acres by his parents and uh, a younger sister. So he gave away as much of the land as he could, keeping just enough for himself and his sisters to survive on. But then later he decided to give that bit away as well. He entrusted his sister to a convent, gave all this land away, headed off into the outskirts of the town to live there. Basically kind of like a John the Baptist, wearing uh, skins, um, not eating a whole pile, never bathing, and eating leftovers or scraps or bread and water, basically, anyway. But then people started coming to him for advice. Now, you see, we have this kind of romantic idea of living in the desert, and even a romantic idea of John the Baptist. You know, like, these were people who, in today's world, would be considered, like, you know, homeless. Like, like no great education, wrote no books. Doesn't smell great. Uh, but then people started going out like for advice or, or for prayer. And people started to get healed and started to recognize the, the sanctity of this man. So then larger and larger numbers started to come visit him. He said, I, I left the town to kind of get a bit of solitude and prayer. So he left, he went out a bit further. And again, people followed him. And then he contacted some Saracens. Um, doesn't matter, I won't go into who they are. People who brought him even further into the desert. They said, if you want to be alone, you need to live in the desert. So they brought him to an oasis in the desert and left him there. Left him food, I mean, uh, for a while, but then they had to head on, obviously. And so that's where he lived, out in the desert in, in Egypt. And people heard about him out there and came out to him there as well. And he ran away and he said, oh, my Lord, just want to be alone. <laughs> right? He just, just wanted to be alone. He just wanted to be alone with the Lord in prayer. But then he felt in prayer, the Lord was saying to him, They've come not for you, they've come for me. So he felt, well, then that's, that's then what I, that's what I have to do. People come to me looking for him, give them him. And persevered. Day and night, night and day. People coming to him from, from all around. Then uh, the beginning, beginnings of, of kind of monastic community, obviously, this is like we're talking the, the early 4th century. So... Um, it doesn't have all the kind of structures that we have, the canonical structures and that, but basically people came to, to live together, uh, joining as a community only uh, for, for certain prayers and to, to listen to St. Anthony who, who would preach and teach them. But I just, I mean, I can't even imagine that. You imagine like similarly St. Patrick here or so many of our monasteries around the country. I mean, you know, back in the day, stone walls in Irish weather, it must have been absolutely miserable for long stretches of the year. You know, there's that constant dampness, just everything constantly moist. You know, just, uh, just constant, you know? But they go to the west of Ireland, like the wettest spot. It's lovely, it's lovely in the summer. It's lovely in the summer, but like, Long, long winter, long cold winters there, you know? And it's but a similar idea. Strip everything back. Back to the bare essentials. Is the Lord enough for me? Is the Lord enough for me? It's a hard question. 
It's an easy question to say. Is the Lord enough for me? Now, I don't think we have to necessarily have a clear answer to that now. But do we have the perseverance to walk towards that goal? Do I have the perseverance to walk towards God being enough for me? I'd like to think I can say he is, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I hope, I hope so. I hope so. Um, it's easy to say when we live in the lap of luxury with bellies full after three meals. Yeah, yeah, God's my everything, sure, yeah. <laughs> it's not, not hard. Yeah, if I were to get a diagnosis of having, I don't know, cancer or something tomorrow, it might be so easy then. Is the Lord enough for me? And have I the perseverance to walk towards that goal today? And then again tomorrow? And then again the day after? Will I persevere? Or will I drop the ball as soon as it gets hard and say, I don't want it anyway? This is the, the, the great example like, of St. Anthony. This perseverance. And uh, I read about his battles with the evil one. They're, they're very interesting because uh, he was first tempted uh, to think by the devil, right, to think that what he did was irresponsible. So he gave away all of his land, and now look, your sister's going to suffer because of you. And think of all the people you could have employed on your farm who are now unemployed because of you, and they're hungry, and they're starving, and their kids are dying, and it's all because of you. Just to, to make him feel guilty for his, you know, for his generosity. He gave his land to the poor, so, I mean, uh, that, di that didn't work. He just turned to the Lord and said, Lord, I've given everything to you, and I trust in you. I followed your word. I trust that that would bear fruit. So then the enemy saw that, the devil saw that that wouldn't work on him. So then he tried flattery. He said, oh, you, have, you fast so much. You are, ter you are I, I, I tremble at the thought of you, Anthony. You know, thinking as you go, yeah. well, I do fast quite a lot, don't I? <laughs> flattery, you know? And then that didn't work either, you know? So it's just interesting how, how the, the, the enemy changed tactics, trying to, to, to knock him off that simple perseverance of prayer, solitude with the Lord. So, these are all just nice stories. Unless we decide to change our lives. Unless we learn from them. Unless this gospel like, becomes life-giving and, and challenging for me too. Is the Lord enough for me? In heaven, we will see that he is. Is he enough for me today? So we ask St. Anthony and all of heaven, all of our own saints, guardian angels, patrons. We ask them to intercede for us, that we might discover an ever more profound faith and live this reality, that the Lord is my portion and cup. It is he himself who is my prize. I will keep the Lord ever in my sight. Since he is at my right hand, I shall stand firm. <laughs>